0: Well hello there listeners, it's Susie New here from the Australian Society of Anesthetists and excuse my husky voice, but welcome to our podcast, it's called Australian Anesthesia and this is episode 9 of a little series that we have called Talking Money, where we do more than talk money. We discuss the professional, economic and business aspects of running an anaesthetic practice in Australia. We want to share with you this information so that you can focus on the important task of caring for your patients while feeling confident that your practice is being managed well. In this episode, due to the husky voice, I'm trying something a little bit different. This episode features Dr. Peter Waterhouse, who is chair of our Professional Issues Advisory Committee, otherwise known as PIAC. He discusses bundled care models. Now, these are when patients are able to have, for example, a knee or hip joint replacement for no additional fee by going with a particular private health insurer. Another example might be a bundled payment for patients who don't have private health insurance but purchase their surgery through a broker. Now, this might sound attractive for patients, the idea of having a fixed fee. But we all, patients included, need to go into these arrangements aware of the possible consequences. And this is what Dr. Waterhouse goes through. Dr. Peter Waterhouse is also going to be presenting at the Combined Scientific Congress in Wellington, which starts very soon on Friday the 21st of October. He's going to be talking about what distinguishes private health care from US-style managed care. So if you want to find out more about this topic, please do come along to the Congress. We at the ASA also have some more resources on this topic, which I'll describe in a bit more detail at the end of the episode. As I mentioned, this is a new format for this podcast, so feel free to let me know what you think about it, whether you like it or not, by emailing me via asa at Otherwise, you can also catch me in Wellington. All right, let's get into it.
1: Private practice places the doctor-patient relationship at the centre of clinical medicine. The involvement of third-party payers, disrupts this individual focus by introducing another key decision maker. Bundled care describes a system in which multiple aspects of medical treatment are centrally controlled by a third party payer. Individual providers of care enter into an agreement with the payer. The patient's primary relationship in bundled care is with the payer rather than an individual doctor or other healthcare provider. This talk explores two bundled care models emerging in the Australian private healthcare industry. In each case, the individual nature of private healthcare is disrupted by the introduction of a third party with a financial motivation for controlling the delivery of treatment. The first is a bundled arthroplasty scheme. In March this year, anaesthetists at a private hospital in Queensland were notified of a new bundled arthroplasty scheme affecting their lists patients insured by a particular health fund would undergo hip or knee replacement with no out-of-pocket expense. Participating doctors were required to enter into an agreement to this effect, with one business day allowed for consideration of the offer. Unfortunately, many aspects of the proposed scheme had not been sufficiently worked out. This is not surprising, given that the scheme was not presented to the Medical Advisory Committee of the hospital, nor to affected craft groups, apart from the surgeons to whom the bundle would refer patients. The role of anaesthetists, perioperative physicians, surgical assistants and allied health practitioners had not been given much consideration. Rather, it was assumed that each of these independent professions would accept the terms of the proposed scheme. Anaesthetists responded quickly, disseminating information about the proposed scheme and arranging meetings both locally and at a national level facilitated by the ASA. There was remarkable agreement amongst anaesthetists regarding the dangers inherent in the proposed model. It represented a major departure from the existing model of highly individualised care provided within the hospital. The specific concerns included firstly, diminishing the doctor-patient relationship. Patient's primary relationship would be with the insurer providing the bundle rather than a particular medical specialist. Concern included disruption of perioperative teams. The excellent outcomes enjoyed by private patients are the result of teamwork. Surgeons, anaesthetists, assistants, physicians and others contribute to overall results. Bundled care schemes restrict team membership to contracted providers. Such a system transfers ever more power to the insurers. Most Australian health insurance is provided by public companies whose primary function is to generate profit for shareholders. Loss of identity was a concern. Hospitals participating in bundled care could be perceived by referrers and patients as the insurer's hospital and participating doctors as the insurer's doctors. This could diminish the reputation for independence and excellence which private hospitals strive for. Creation of preferred provider networks was a big concern. Bundled care schemes divide the medical workforce into networks of preferred providers. Health fund rebates to patients may vary widely depending upon their doctor's participation in the insurer's network. This undermines the principle of universal access under Medicare, which pays rebates equally, irrespective of provider. Preferred provider networks deliver power to insurers who can influence medical care offered to patients by adjusting rebates. Overall, anaesthetists and others were concerned that the proposed bundle could facilitate a transition to an insurer-dominated healthcare system, similar to that of the United States. Fortunately, the hospital has withdrawn the proposed bundle for now at least. However, while insurers are permitted to assemble networks of preferred providers by manipulating patient rebates, such schemes will continue to emerge in various guises. The second bundle is private surgery for uninsured patients. Let's assess the risks. There's been a recent increase in the number of uninsured patients accessing elective surgery in the private sector. Uninsured patients seek private care for procedures which are not available in the public sector or for which long delays are common. Examples include bariatric surgery, arthroplasty, knee reconstruction and cosmetic surgery, Given the number of providers involved in elective surgery, an accurate estimate of cost is difficult to generate. Factors including facility fees, prostheses and professional fees from surgeon, anaesthetist, assistant and allied health practitioners all need to be considered. Even if an estimate can be obtained from each provider, a surgical complication would result in higher costs than anticipated. This inherent financial uncertainty may discourage patients from undertaking self-funded surgery. They may be paying for their treatment using borrowed money or retirement savings. An exact figure facilitates easier planning for patients. The desire for financial certainty has led to the emergence of brokers for self-funded surgery. They provide a total fee for a bundle of care. Brokers find a venue for surgery and assemble the perioperative team required to perform it. They also undertake a number of administrative tasks, from booking appointments to facilitating payment plans or access to superannuation savings. The purpose of a firm quote for elective surgery is to eliminate financial risk for the patient. This is achieved by transferring the risk to the providers of care. Every provider involved in the proposed episode of care must forward a quote to the broker. An unplanned increase in the cost of care is then borne by providers. While any surgery can lead to unexpected complications, risk is likely to correlate with the magnitude of the proposed intervention. For example, major complications are more likely following gastric bypass surgery than knee reconstruction. Financial risk is linked to the need for additional services not accounted for by the bundle price anaesthetists invited to participate in bundled care of self-funded patients need to consider the implications of this model before making a commitment. Most obviously, a fee estimate will need to take account of the financial risks inherent in the model, as we've discussed. Doctors remain responsible for the delivery of appropriate care, irrespective of the financial details of the bundle. It may therefore be prudent to make provision for complications when setting a fee. Beyond purely financial considerations, anaesthetists need to consider other aspects of bundled care of at least equal importance. As is always the case in bundled medical care, the patient's primary relationship is not with a doctor, but with a non-medical third party, in this case, the broker. This means that the broker, rather than the primary medical specialist, is responsible for assembling the team providing care to the patient. Of course, the team assembled may be satisfactory but membership of the team is restricted to those agreeing to the terms of the bundle. All participants are responsible for ensuring that they are happy to work with other providers in the bundle. Finally, a doctor's livelihood depends on the preservation of a good reputation. Involvement in bundled arrangements exposes all participants to both good and bad perceptions of the overall package. It's therefore important to be comfortable with the reputation of the broker and the other providers in the bundle. The scenarios we've discussed provide two examples of bundled care. In each case, a third party payer is introduced, displacing the doctor-patient team from its central place in the direction of medical care. This is not to say that there is no place for centrally controlled or bundled care in our medical landscape. In the public hospital system, patients' primary relationship Is with the state health department which undertakes to provide treatment. Choice of doctor and hospital is left to the payer. Traditional private healthcare gives more discretion to the individual patient who is free to choose doctors and healthcare facilities. In this model, the doctor-patient relationship is central to medical decision making. The bundles considered in this talk have different motivations behind them. In the first example, a health insurer aims to assemble preferred provider networks in order to take control of healthcare funding. Rebates to patients will be better when treating doctors are part of their insurer's network. The self-insured bundle aims to provide a fixed fee to patients funding their elective surgery. Financial risk is transferred to healthcare providers. Understanding the motivation behind bundled care schemes enables doctors to make informed decisions when invited to participate. Bundle care is fundamentally different to traditional private practice. Doctors must satisfy themselves that the benefits of any proposed bundle outweigh the risks.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr Peter Waterhouse. As I said earlier, let me know what you're thinking of the episode by emailing me via the ASA. Now, if you think this podcast seems familiar, it's because it's based on an article that Pete wrote in the June edition of Australian Anaesthetist. This magazine, in its entirety, can be found on the ASA website and I'll put a link to it in the episode notes. ASA members, you should have received a hard copy in the mail by now. If you're interested in finding the original article and other resources on managed care, then there is a dedicated page on the ASA website where you can find it and plenty more. On there are videos to watch, more podcasts to listen to and more articles to read. What you might find really handy is that there are some resources there that you can share with patients, surgeons and colleagues. In particular, if you've been invited to participate in a bundled payment program and you're trying to draft your response to that, you will need to be an ASA member to have access to that page and it's in the policy section of the ASA website and of course I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Another place to learn about this as well as other aspects of working as a specialist anaesthetist in Australia is by coming to a part three course. These are organised by the ASA and are usually held towards the end of the year. Where possible, we try to host them locally so that you can get the latest information about working in your region. The Part 3 course is open to anyone and we suggest that it is really useful if you are towards the end of your training, you are just starting out in private or specialist practice or you have moved interstate or internationally and just arrived in a new region. There is some information like how to use the ASA's Relative Value Guide, which applies across all of Australia. We have a whole stack of videos on these sorts of topics on the ASA website. They're on the ASA Ed page, which stands for ASA Education, under the New Fellows Resources tab. Again, you'll need to be an ASA member to access these. There are some videos that are publicly available on the ASA YouTube channel. If you are going to check that out, then don't forget to subscribe so that you'll know when we've added new content. Okay, lots of information, lots of links that I'll put in the episode notes, lots of opportunities to catch up with what's going on. Most importantly, I hope to see you at the Combined Scientific Congress. I'll be there. It's starting on Friday, the 21st of October, and I also hope you're staying safe and well out there. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Anesthesia Podcast, which can be found on all the major podcast hosting platforms, as well as YouTube. This podcast is produced by the Australian Society of Anesthetists and hosted by me, Dr. Susie New, with music created by Dr. Mark Sous. The Australian Society of Anesthetists was formed in 1934, and our vision is for every anaesthetist in Australia to be at their best, providing the highest quality anaesthesia and perioperative care through excellent technical and non-technical skills. We also hope this means that you are functioning at your best when you are away from work. In this podcast, we have conversations that seek to inform, challenge and inspire so that you keep performing at your best. Members of the ASA can access full versions of all the episodes by logging into the ASA website, which is asa.org.au. If you are listening on your favourite podcast app, then feel free to follow or subscribe so that you can receive the latest episodes as we do publish regularly. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to email us on asa at asa.org.au. We hope you enjoyed listening.